wonderful service it's been so far, just to see the Lord work and to remember what he's done for us. And uh, boy, that's, that's an exciting time. Well, I want to I wanna dig into a little bit of a Bible study tonight. Now, we don't have a lot of time. Pastors told me about the alligator pits and all that, if I go too long and all of that. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 16. I want to be an encouragement to you this evening. I want to be a help to you. And uh, boy, I tell you what, I, I have so much to be thankful for. I think of over two decades now traveling and preaching the gospel. And uh, boy, it's just, I, I got a call right before I came here. A fellow wants me to come to, the, to um, Hispaniola, which is two countries, the country of Haiti and the country of the Dominican Republic. And he wants me to minister down there in uh, January of next year. And so, boy, the Lord is just opening doors for us. Um, we're going to be going uh, next year to Milan and as well as other places in Italy and, and preaching the gospel. And, boy, I, I could tell you for a long time about some things that the Lord did in Italy. The, the church, you know Frank Maeda. I believe you support him. Is that correct? We were with your missionary, Frank Maeda, there. And uh, they had just a banner year, They're just just an amazing year. As a matter of fact, 2022 ended for them with them having to purchase new, a new facility because they were out of room in their old one. Good. Good for you. Good for you. I'm glad to hear that you've done that. I wish all of you could go and see it because it is really exciting. There's an influx of Eastern European immigrants, and you know what? Boy, they, they're just hungry to hear the Word of God, and it's been really good. Well, let's look into the Scripture tonight, Numbers chapter 16. Is where we are now. If you have been in church for some time, you have probably heard this story before, but let's just touch some of the highlights as we look at chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. Notice it says, Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Koath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram. So Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, three men, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Pella. So there's a fourth one Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and On, the son, uh, sons of Reuben. They took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Now, well, I'm, I'm just going to get right into this, all right? Blessed is the preacher that can get airborne on a short runway, all right? So we're going to try to do that tonight, okay? Now, I, d I just want to have you understand there's all kinds of rebellion, and in the midst of rebellion, there's all kinds of falsehood that comes out of your mouth. You mark that down. The minute you rise against the God-given authority and the minute you uh, just stand up against it, it's not going to be long before stuff's coming out of your mouth that's crazy and doesn't make any sense. That's exactly what's going on here. The Bible says, ye take too much upon you. Now, if we, can, if we can rewind for a minute and go back to the backside of the desert in the book of Exodus chapter 3, we're going to find that Moses didn't take any of this upon himself, did he? As a matter of fact, God called him out of the burning bush, said, Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. The place where on thou standest is holy ground. We understand all of that, but what did Moses do? Moses said, God, you got the wrong guy. Sin by whomever you will choose. And God said, No, I want to sin by you. And God got a little bit upset with him. Thank the Lord. God won the argument. But it was not true that these men took this upon themselves. God called them, or they would never have been in this position. Nevertheless, they're spouting forth this foolishness. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. 
And he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do. Take you censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, and it shall be that the Lord whom the Lord the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them? And he hath brought thee near, thee, Korah, he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also, for which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come up. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land that floweth with milk and honey? By the way, they didn't come from a milk that a land that flowed with milk and honey. They were going to a land that flowed with milk and honey. But now they had come to the edge of that land, and because they rebelled against the Lord in Numbers 13 and 14, then God said, all right, you can't go into that land. You've got to wander 40 years in the wilderness. That wasn't Moses' idea. That happened because of the wickedness of the people of the land. So there, there are all kinds of, of foolishness coming out of their mouth at this point. But the Bible says, it is, verse 13, is it a small thing? that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us. Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. And Moses was very wroth and said unto the Lord, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. And Moses said unto Korah, Be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron tomorrow, and take, the, and take every man his censer and put incense in them, and bring ye before the Lord every man his censer, two hundred and fifty censers, thou also and Aaron, each of you his censer. And they took every man his censer and put fire in them and laid incense thereon, and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against him under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they, Moses and Aaron, fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works. For I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. 
And it came to pass, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods, they and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them. I guess they did. Can you imagine something so terrifying? I can't. But that's what happened. The Bible says, verse 34, all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 that offered incense. Father, we've read this story before, but help us to glean and to learn some new things from it tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we've read the story, we understand a little bit about it. I would like us to look at two groups of people here. First of all, I would like us to focus on Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Having read these 35 verses, you and I now know that what they did was not pleasing to the Lord. What they did was to stand against the God-given authority. Can I just tell you something? No God-given authority, no human authority has ever been perfect. But we've got a whole generation of people that want to, to find every imperfection and every flaw in the, in the authority, whether it's a teenager, son or daughter looking at their parents, or whether it's a disgruntled church member working, looking at their pastor, or whether it's a disgruntled employee looking at their boss, or whatever it may be. We've got a whole lot of people today that want to look around and want to use the faults of authority as a reason to rise up in rebellion against them. Be careful. Be careful. I want us to notice several things about Korah. First of all, we can see Korah's defiance. That's in verses 2 and 3. The Bible says in verses 2 and 3 that they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel. And listen to what they said. Verse 3, they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you. What were they doing? They were standing against the God-ordained leadership in defiance. You be careful. You be careful. What this man Korah did was about to cost him his life. We've just read the story. I want you to notice not only Korah's defiance, but I want you to see his disregard. We looked at his defiance already, but we didn't look so much at his disregard. Notice what it says in verse 8. Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you. What does that mean? In other and what, what that means is Korah was one of the children of Levi. God had already given him a place of ministry. God had already given him an opportunity of service, but it wasn't enough for Korah. Korah wanted greater position. He wanted more prestige. He wanted a greater position, and so he was discounting all that God had given him. I'm going to tell you something. If God has called you to a place where you can serve him, you better not count it as something light. You better not count the fact that you're a Sunday school teacher as something that's, not, that's unimportant. You better not fa- count the fact that you work with Quam as something that doesn't have an impact. I want you to understand, if that's what God has called you to do, don't you stoop to being anything else, but don't necessarily aspire to a place that God has not given to you. That's exactly what Korah was doing, his defiance and his disregard. The Bible says in verse 9, Seemeth it but a small thing that the, Lord, that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the, of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them? This man was a Levite. He was of the sons of Kohath, which meant that he personally was involved in carrying the Ark of the Covenant. He personally... 
personally was involved in carrying the different furniture. I'm speaking of the altar of incense. I'm speaking of the brazen altar. All of those things were so important in the eyes of God that they were not to be carried by ox cart. Different parts of the tabernacle were to be carried by ox cart, but not these things. These things were so important. The, the visible representation of the glory of God. And Korah was willing to throw all of that away. His disregard. And we have seen, as we go down, we have seen Korah's destruction. Now, it might be, you might think as you read this, that every single son of Dathan and Abiram and, and, and all these guys, that every single one of their children perished when the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them. But there's a very fascinating thing throughout the Word of God. Korah had children. We know that because the Bible tells us that. I want you to take your Bible and turn to Numbers chapter 26. Can you do that, please? Numbers chapter 26. Numbers chapter 26 is one of those passages of Scripture that we, we tend to just kind of blow right over because it's a lot of names and it's a lot of numbers and uh, the names don't necessarily mean much to you or to me and uh, sometimes we just kind of read through them uh, really fast and we don't pay as much attention to them as maybe we ought to. And I, I'm not accusing you if you've ever done that. I've done the same thing. I, in my personal devotions, I've just read through First Chronicles, the first few chapters of First Chronicles. It's one name after another. Now, be careful. All Scripture, all Scripture is profitable, the Bible says. All Scripture is profitable. But let's just be honest tonight. Sometimes we struggle to see the prophet in a list of names. That's just the way it is for us. And sometimes when we read Numbers 26, it might be the same way. So we're reading along in Numbers 26, and the Bible says in verse 10, excuse me, verse, uh, verse 9, and the sons of Eliab, Nemuel, and Dathan, and Abiram. Oh, wait a minute. Dathan and Abiram, we know those two names. We're speaking of, uh, the, we're speaking of some, the children of Reuben here. So Dathan and Abiram, they were descendants of Reuben, and here they are, they're in this list of names. I wonder if it's the same Dathan and Abiram. Sometimes people in the Bible would have the same name, but it's, it's talking about two different people. There's Jeremiah, the prophet, and then there's Jeremiah of Libna. Those are two different Jeremiahs, two different people in the Word of God. They have the same name, but it's not the same person. So it's possible that when the Bible speaks of Dathan and Abiram, maybe it's not talking about the Dathan and Abiram that we know. But let's read on. We're in verse 9. The, the Bible says, the sons of Eliab, Nemuel, and Dathan, and Abiram. This is that Dathan and Abiram, which were famous in the congregation. So this is the same two guys. This is that Dathan and Abiram, which were famous in the congregation, who strove against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah when they strove against the Lord. Well, that's the story we've just read, isn't it? That's how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up Korah and Dathan and Abiram. This is that Dathan. This is that Abiram that the Bible is talking about here. Let's read on. We're in verse 10. The Bible says, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that company died, what time the fire devoured 250 men, and they became a sign. I guess they became a sign. Nobody that was there that day ever forgot the fact that these men stood against the God-ordained leadership. Pretty soon, rumble, rumble, crack, open comes the, the earth, and these guys, ah, they fall into it. I guess they became a sign. Nobody that was there that day ever forgot it. I promise you that. And so the Bible is talking about this. They became a sign. Now, I want you to look at Numbers 26 and verse 11. 
Because were it not for this verse, I would have missed this detail in Numbers chapter 16, what we just read. Notice what it says in verse 11 of Numbers 26. Notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. You know, as I read chapter 16, I don't know that I would have necessarily picked up on that detail. As I read chapter 16, it seemed like everybody that appertained, and you know, I just kind of made the assumption that meant all of Dathan's children and all of Abiram's children and their wives and their little ones. I mean, the Bible says that. And I just kind of assumed along with that that the sons of Korah, I just kind of assumed that they appertained to Korah. But the Bible doesn't say specifically that the sons of Korah died. As a matter of fact, in this verse of Scripture, in a different chapter of the same book of the Bible, it says they did not die. Wow. I wonder what it was like for the children of, of, of Korah. I wonder what it was like in the days leading up to that awful day when the earth opened her mouth and swallowed Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. You suppose they had meetings in their tent? I've been in a lot of churches when people rise against the local church leadership. They get together in somebody's home. They have meetings. They want to have these meetings and talk about all the problems that the deacons have, all the problems that the preacher has, and all the problems that the assistant pastor has, and all and on and on and on it goes. And they want to have these meetings, and they want to meet in there. Well, you know what? If they had meetings in the tent of Korah and, and, and in the tent of Dathan and Abiram, uh, if they had these meetings, there were some little children there that were present. I don't know how old the children were. You don't know how old the ch- children were, but the Bible tells us the sons, the children of Korah, died not, so they had to be there. They had to be there. They had to be listening as someone was spewing out all this poison against the God-ordained leadership. They had to be sitting there and thinking, oh, this is not right. I don't know when it was. I don't know which meeting it was when they were planning all of this. I don't, I don't know when it, had, it took place in their mind, when it finally took root, when they understood what people are saying about the leadership. Indeed, what my dad is saying about the leadership is not right in the sight of God. I want you to know the sons of Korah had a decision that they had to make. The sons of Korah had to decide, am I going to follow my father or am I going to do what is right? I wish we lived in a world where children didn't have to make that decision. But you know what? We don't live in that kind of a world. We live in a world where right now in Morgan County this week, there are going to be children who have to decide, am I going to follow the deeds of what my parents are doing or am I going to do what is right? I wish it weren't true. I wish that everyone had parents that would lead them in doing what was right. But that's just not the way it is. And so here we have, here we have some people who decide, who have to make a decision. Am I going to follow my father or am I going to do what's right? Well, we know this. Go back, if you would, to Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16, things get really, really difficult. Here are some children. They have made the decision, you know, my dad is involved in this, and and yet I don't believe that it's right. It's not right what he's doing, and I don't want to be a part of it anymore, but I'm not really sure what to do. Notice what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 16 and verse 24. The Bible says, speak unto unto the congregation, saying, get you up. 
from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Now, remember, the people we're talking about are his children. And the people we're talking about have decided what my daddy's doing is not right. I've got to do what's right in the sight of God. Now, what does God say? He says, separate. Get you up from the company of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. So, Pastor Monday, there's some children here. And they've got to look at their own father. And they've got to say, I'm sorry. I can't follow you in doing what you're doing because what you're doing is wrong. And so they had to turn on their heels and they had to walk away from their own father. I can't imagine how difficult that must have been, but they had to do it. Because anyone who was part of that company and did not do it was swallowed when the earth opened her mouth. Wow. What children these children must have been. You know, when we, when we go to the Word of God and we begin to do some study in some of, the, some of the names and some of the passages where it's just a bunch of names, you know what we find? We find the names of some of these kids. Take your Bible there. You've got it open. Go to the book of First Chronicles, would you please? First Chronicles chapter 6. This is one of those passages of Scripture where it's just a bunch of names and one name after another. If you and I are not careful, we can get lost in the names. So many of them, so many of the names don't mean much to us, but boy, there's some truth in these names. We're in First Chronicles chapter 6. In First Chronicles chapter 6, we're given the names of the sons of Levi. Most of the names don't mean anything to you and to me. But when we come to First Chronicles chapter 6, notice what the Bible says beginning with verse 31. The Bible says, And these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord, after that the ark had rest. So uh, here's what happened. After David became king, the tabernacle no longer had to move from place to place. During the time of Moses, the tabernacle moved all the time. When God told it to move, we understand that. But once David, uh, once they were in the land and David became king, he said, the tabernacle's not going to move anymore, but we need, we need to, for the Levites to be serving God. And so what David did, he said, I want some of you Levites to be in charge of singing. I want the, the worship of our God to be a singing kind of worship. So in verse 31, the Bible says, he set some over the service of song in the house of the Lord after that the ark of God had rest. And they ministered before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of the congregation with singing until Solomon had built the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. And then they waited on their order, on their office, excuse me, according to their order. And then the Bible begins to give us a list of these people that were over song. So I want us to just look a little bit and let's read some of the names. Many of them won't mean anything to us, but let's read them anyway, beginning with verse 33. And these are they that waited with their children, of the sons of the Kohathites, Heman, a singer, the son of Joel, the son of Shemuel, the son of Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Eliel, the son of Toha, the son of Zuth, the son of Elkanah, the son of Mahath, the son of Amasai, the son of Elkanah, the son of Joel, the son of Azariah, the son of Zephaniah, the son of Tahath, the son of Aser, the son of Ibiasaph, the son of Korah. So what is he saying? He's saying there's a man, Heman, and he is a singer. God is using him during the days of David and then later during the days of Solomon. Here is this man, and he can trace his lineage all the way back to a boy, and now we know a name. Ibiasaph. 
You ever heard a message on a bias app? Probably not. Because it's in a list of names. I know the way you do. You do the same way I do. You read through the names and you kind of have a tendency to read and skim over it. But I want you to know that this man, Abiasaph, is a tremendous tower of a hero in the Old Testament Scripture. Why is he such a hero? And this is what I want to come to tonight. This is the point of my message. Abiasaph is such a hero because he did right when the people around him did not. Now, I want to, I want to, just, I want to just pause, and I want to just consider, in, as, we, as we close out tonight, I want to consider the power of that statement. Here is a man, Ibiasaph, and all of his children after him, all the way down to the time of David, so much so that here they're ministering before the Lord. This man, Ibiasaph, was such a towering figure because when everyone around him, including his own father, when everyone around him was doing wrong, he did right. Can I tell you, that means nobody ever has an excuse to do wrong. Right? Look, if Abiasaph can look at his father, who is a leader, and a Levite, and say, Father, I love you, but what you're doing is not right, and I will not be a part of it. So much so that when God gives the order for me to separate from the company, I'm going to separate from my very family if need be. Because serving God and, and pleasing God is more important to me than anything else in the world. Wow. This man and his testimony was so powerful that generations later, his children were still serving God. Would you go with me to the book of Psalms? I, I, I need to hasten. Would you go with me to the book of Psalms? I just want to show you a few things. Find Psalm 42. Would you do that, please? Psalm 42. Again, this is, this is something that sometimes we overlook as we read in the Scriptures, but I want you to notice right under the word Psalm and the number 42, there is a title there, a heading there. It comes in between Psalm 42 and verse 1. It comes in between those. Do you see it in your Bible? Is it there? Notice what it says. It says, to the chief musician, Maskeel. Now, Maskeel is not a name. Maskeel is a type of, of composition, a musical composition. So here is a psalm. It was to be set to a Maskeel, which is a kind of song. And notice it says, for the sons of Korah. Generations later, Pastor Monday the people, the sons, and the grandsons, and the great-grandsons of this boy, Abiasaph, stood in the tabernacle in David's day. And what did they sing? As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. That's what they sang. Hey, that's not the only thing they sang. You're in Psalms. Find, uh, find Psalm 48. Would you go there, please? Eleven different Psalms have this title for the sons of Korah. Let's go to Psalm 48. Let's notice what it says. Again, notice the title, a song and psalm for the sons of Korah. 
What are they singing now? Well, maybe now by this time they're standing in Solomon's temple. Maybe they're still in the tabernacle in David's day. You don't know, and I don't know. The point is that they're serving God. The point is they had a daddy who, who made a decision. I'm going to do right when everybody else around me is doing wrong. And the point is now in Psalm 48, they sing these words, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of His holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. What are they doing? They're praising God. I want to tell you, there are some great words that these men uh, wrote and sang. One of my favorites is Psalm 85. As an evangelist, I preached out of this passage many times. As a matter of fact, I may have preached out of it in this church. But the Bible says in Psalm 85, to the chief musician, a psalm for the sons of Korah. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Lord, thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of thy salvation. These are people who's, who's, who's a, who had a, a, a person in their line, in their, in their family tree, that was so wicked that God opened the earth and swallowed him up because of his rebellion against God. And now, all these years later, they're singing this. In verse 5, they say, Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to, to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Turn us, uh, show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear, and on, on, and on it goes. What an opportunity. What a chance for these people. All because Ibiasaph decided, I will do right when everyone else around me is doing wrong. And what are the ramifications for the Platte Valley Baptist Church? First of all, nobody under the sound of my voice has a reason to do wrong. You don't. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Secondly, there are potential Ibiasaps all over Morgan County. Right? I mean... The fact that their parents are not in church, well, that ought not deter us because here Ibiasaph did right when everyone else around him was doing wrong. Oh, the, the fact that their parents, uh, these Ibiasaphs in Morgan County, we don't, that's not their real name. They have different names. But the fact that these Ibiasaphs are in Morgan County, the fact that, they're, that, that, that their siblings are not doing right, that ought not deter us because here was a man in the Word of God. He did right when everyone else around him was doing wrong. I'm going to tell you what that means for you tonight in the Platte Valley Baptist Church of Fort Morgan, Colorado. It means keep on reaching out to people. It means keep on by bringing those boys and girls into the clan ministry. It means keep on talking to folks and wherever you find them because you don't know whether that person is going to be the next Tobiasaph. You don't know but what the truth is going to lodge in his heart and he's going to do right in the sight of God and the, and the entire course of generations will be changed because he decides, I'm going to do right even if everyone else around me is doing wrong. I tell you, Pastor Monday, I love the story of Abiasaph because it gives me hope. And it keeps me, keeps me going. It keeps me ministering. And it keeps me loving people. I wonder tonight, 
I wonder, we're, this is a Sunday night crowd. Many of you are the, are the workers. Many of you are quam workers. Many of you are you, you, you're the faithful of the church. Your hands ever get weary? You ever, you ever stop and look at some of these kids and think, oh, are you ever going to get it? Are you ever going to do what is right? What is, what, what is going on? You ever, does that thought ever cross your mind? I think the next time it crosses your mind or the next time it crosses my mind, maybe we can go back to one of the unsung heroes of the Old Testament, this fellow by the name of Abiasaph, and understand, dear God, there are some Abiasaphs in my sphere of influence. Fill me with your spirit as I endeavor to minister to them. I like the story of Abiasaph. It's encouraging to me. The boy who did right when everyone else around him was doing wrong. Father, <clears throat> thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us this evening to look into your word. Lord, we haven't tarried long. We've looked at a familiar story. But Lord, we've been able to discover a hero that maybe we hadn't heard about before. And Father, there are people, Ibiasaphs, that are within the ministry range of this church right now. Lord, I pray that as we come in contact with them, that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would enable us to reach them. And I pray tonight that you would just encourage these, the faithful people who are working here tonight. And Lord, I pray that, that you just put a little spring in our step as we go forth this week to serve you. We thank you for the encouragement from this story. We pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder, would you stand to your feet tonight? I want to give an